Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings, and welcome to another beautiful day in the Word. Today's readings are 1 Kings, chapters 12 through 14. Rabbit Trails Pay very careful attention to what takes place in our readings today. Like all scripture, it is vitally important and applicable to our lives. First, the lowdown. So y'all, here's what's happening. Yahweh has split the tribes of Israel. Now, in keeping with his promise to David, he's going to keep Judah under the rule of Solomon and his successors. However, the rest of Israel will be ruled by a series of other kings. So, for the next while, we will be reading about two kingdoms and their rulers, Israel and its kings and Judah and its kings. I have a couple of charts that will make this easier to track and keep up with. Below in my notes, y'all to visit online, is a chart that I stayed up late working on for y'all because I wanted one that was straightforward and easy to reference. Now, keep in mind, spreadsheets are not my specialty, but I hope you will see it as the labor of love that it was. You can click here to open up a printable copy of this. I do recommend you printing it and sticking it in your Bible because it is going to help you keep your, your head so clear on this. So much better. I think doing this will help you keep track of where we are and who we are talking about. The ones in red are the kings who were considered righteous in the eyes of Yahweh. Manasseh will make sense when we get to that one, so just put that in your back pocket for now. There is a more complicated chart, but it does have more data. I can't find an original source for it to link to, but I've also included it below in the post. If you're listening to me on a podcast, you definitely want to visit this post on SeekingScripture.com and check out these charts. Moving right along. Today, we see Jeroboam set up a system of worship that is a complete counterfeit of Yahweh's system. Now, keep in mind that this is the same man who was warned by Yahweh in 1 Kings 11.38 that his ability to maintain his throne depended on him obeying Yahweh's commandments. He created not one, like Aaron did, but two golden calves and declared them gods to Israel. Now, Israel has one God. This was a benchmark, a huge deviation from the rest of the culture at the time. They were known for having one God. And now, just like that, they're worshiping plural idols as gods instead. He also set up his own feast and appointed times. He made temples, which were not consecrated to Yahweh in any way, and He created his own counterfeit priest system from among the people, whom we are explicitly told are not Levites, which is the only priest system that Yahweh had ordained. His system was a complete counterfeit of Yahweh's because it was modeled after it. How did he get away with it? He made sure that his counterfeits were close enough to the original that the people would feel okay going along with it but just off enough that it would keep them from truly worshiping their God. He marketed it along the lines of, hey, I'm going to make this easier for you. This is just as good as what you've been doing, but it will work so much better and be far less disruptive to your life. 
His ability to be successful with this is a tragic reflection of the state of Israel in that day, just as it is among Yahweh's people today. In fact, we are told the path is narrow and few will find it. Based on that, we can safely assume this is the way with the majority of Yahweh's people today. Now, how could Yahweh's chosen people not recognize a counterfeit? They didn't know the original. That statement deserves a pause and a moment of silence. Why did Jeroboam go to such extremes to create a counterfeit faith? He tells us, out of fear, that if the people continued in Yahweh's ways, they would eventually return to him in their hearts. 1 Kings 12, verses 26 through 27. Think about it. We won't recognize a counterfeit if we don't know the original. Now, in doing this, he broke so many commandments, we can't even go into them all. But I want to add in some words from our Messiah, spoken from his famous Sermon on the Mount, about how he feels regarding those who would lead others astray. Matthew 5, 19 reads, So then, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do likewise, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Yahweh sends a warning to Jeroboam in 1 Kings 13. Now, we aren't told the name of the man that was sent to deliver God's warning. He is simply referred to as a man of Yahweh. What a title to strive for. When he delivered his news and then subsequently healed Jeroboam, make sure you read this chapter. Jeroboam tried to entreat him to return to his palace so that he could reward him. The man of Yahweh reiterates that Yahweh had told him not to have any fellowship with him. This man was living in darkness. Now, this is reminding us, as if we didn't know already, that Yahweh detests these things. Counterfeit gods, counterfeit feast, and the entire counterfeit system that had been set up and dressed up to look like his. Imagine this was designed to trick his people into going against his commandments, into not living according to his word. Of course he's going to detest that. Note that this man of Yahweh could not be coerced in any way by Jeroboam. He had likely traveled a great distance, was tired, hungry, and possibly even poor. He could have, as many of us would these days, told himself that in going home with the king, he would have an opportunity to witness to him about the father or help direct him into a proper path once again. But he remained faithful, careful to do all that the father had ordered him to do, and careful not to place his own reasoning above Yahweh's. In doing so, he denied himself temporary comfort for the sake of being obedient and bringing honor to Yahweh. But then he met a prophet. Around 1 Kings 13, 18, and our story takes a tragic turn as our man of Yahweh once again refuses to disobey Yahweh. But the prophet lies and says that he too has received a message from Yahweh that contradicts the one the man of Yahweh had received. Lesson number one, Yahweh does not contradict himself. Lesson number two, beware anyone that contradicts God's word. We have to know the word, be on our guard, and not accept a contradiction by anyone. We, as knowers of the word, 
will have no excuse if we do and we bring dire consequences upon ourselves, just as this man of Yahweh did. For generations, we've treated Yahweh's word lightly. But as the times we live in grow more dire, we can no longer afford to do so. Another interesting note. In 1 Kings 14.13, we read that Yahweh still considers himself the God of Israel. Though they have been unfaithful, he remains steadfast and faithful to his covenant. He is faithful to us. May we be faithful to him. Studying to show ourselves approved and familiar enough with the original that counterfeits don't even cause us to bat an eye. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. I hope you forgive my passionate reading of the notes today, but I think you can understand why this strikes my heart so strongly and resonates so deeply in my spirit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.